the name of the Lord. We're glad that all of you are here, and I am thankful for these graduates, and I know they have finished a, a course. Unfortunately, they have had um, a uh, uh, last couple of years of high school were anything but normal with um, <clears throat> online and shut down and <clears throat> everything that occurred and then trying to go back and then go back with masks and go back with trying to stay safe. Uh, it's been quite an ordeal and I know um, high school is stressful enough. School is stressful enough without adding the stress of all that they've gone through. And I, uh, I, I know we have others that are in uh, school trying to navigate uh, some of those waters. And I, I would tell you that I, I really am proud of, of these for having uh, finished their uh, journey <coughs> that uh, they began. When you, when you consider all of the, the things that, uh, you know, you would think that could go wrong, uh, probably almost did go wrong. And we gave them, <coughs> uh, many of them already, a, a gift, but those, uh, that we had not given a card to, we have there for them and gave them, and then there is the USB that we gave them. And on that USB is um, all the graduation sermons that I've spoken since 2013. And there's Bible studies, there's letters, there's uh, Bible study apps, not apps, but uh, uh, search for truth and, and uh, exploring God's word, some uh, different Bible studies that are on it, and things that uh, I know, um, you know, at the time uh, when we started this several years ago, it was putting something that you would have in your hands to study because most of you have access now to uh, a computer library or a computer at home that you can look at all of those things as well as today's slides. And um, then uh, a sermon <clears throat> that I, I preached uh, several years ago back in 2013, not on graduation Sunday, but about uh, the worldview of Christianity. And I, I really... Um, Wanted, and I, I'm preaching to all of us, but I, I want to focus on these four graduates and, and congratulating them, and then sort of, if you will, admonishing them about how to make good judgments, because they're going to have to judge like God judges. And I know that, you know, Immediately, we can, you guys have been through tests. You've had tests at school. You've been judged. You've been judged according to your ability. You're judged according to um, all sorts of parameters. You were 
uh, ranked according to grades, according to uh, if you went and you were going to be uh, physical uh, and try to be active in sports. They're going to judge you according to your speed. They're going to judge you according to your stamina. They're going to judge you according to your knowledge level, your work ethic. There are judgments happening all the time in the real world. Now, you've come from school and you're probably tired of tests. You're probably saying, Lord, I don't want to ever take another one. And yet, if you're going to college, sorry to say, you're going to have a few going forward and there are going to be some evaluations. And then, of course, there are evaluations going on all the time, but yet, how do we judge like God? And I I saw someone with a shirt on yesterday, and I looked at it, and it reminded me that I've seen these shirts a lot recently, uh, shirts similar to this, and, I, and it dawned on me, I, I don't know what that comes from. And on the shirt, it said, only God can judge me. Now, you may not have seen those shirts out, um, I have, because uh, Tupac, uh, Shakir, Shakur, you know who that is? You do? These graduates have heard of it. He has a song that says, only God can judge me. It's got some pretty rough language in it, but I listened to it just to make sure. NSG and MIST also has a rap that says, only God can judge me. And it's kind of been, you know, the banner cry, Lecrae and Zaytoven and Jay-Z all have songs that go with only God can judge me. And I, I have noticed these shirts and I, I looked at them and some of them have angel wings and some of them have a cross and, and I'm thinking, wow, that, that, but when you listen to the song, basically what they're saying is, you know, you don't know what I've been through. And you have no right to judge me. And yet, we are living in a world where we all make judgment calls. I mean, if you went to McDonald's and they have an iced coffee vanilla for $1.99 and an iced coffee mocha for $75.99, Which one am I going to buy today? I may be tempted to buy that chocolatey one. And then I may go, you know what? I can go buy and get some Nestle's Quick and Mix in my... Huh? For $75.99. Are you kidding me? Give me a break. What's going on? You make a judgment call. You know, you go, most of you went to a closet today and you made a judgment call. Will I look good in this? And you may have put it on and, you know, straightened it down. And, you know, what? You may have just gone randomly and picked out two things, but you make a judgment call. And yet, 
these shirts say, only God can judge me. And that's sort of the mantra of the world now because we are recognizing that, you know, and I, I've mentioned this before, Matthew, it's actually not the first chapter, it's I think the seventh chapter. Uh, my slide is wrong. The seventh chapter, verses one through five, it, it talks about, it opens up with that statement, judge not lest you be judged. And we all like to hear that because nobody should judge me. I don't want anybody judging me. And, and folks oftentimes look at the church and say all you're doing is trying to judge me. You're judging me as being sinner. You're judging me as being unsaved. You're judging me as being, and they go through the list, and so we are able to sort of stick our chest back and say, oh no, only God can judge me. But I want you to look and see how does God judge and learn how to judge. If he says, for what judgment you judge, Therefore, you shall be judged, and what measure you meet, you shall, you know, be meted out unto you. And he talks about a beam in your eye and a moat in the other, and, and you're able to point out everybody else's mistakes. And he said, first pull the moat out of your eye before you try to correct someone else in some other brother's eye. And so the Jesus was very uh, adamant about some of those things and when he talked there in the seventh chapter and, and the first few verses. And yet, when you recognize that in fact, um, most of the time, you know, the church may have at times been a little judgmental. We might have erred, erred on the side of being a little judgmental. Now, I I know some of you are out there and you don't remember this, but I can remember when Domino's was, you know, a little bit sinful because there were domino clubs and people were betting on them. And dice, as a matter of fact, my parents made me, a, got me a little brad and stuck a paper clip through it it had a circle because we didn't use dice because I guess they thought I was going to be a shooter somewhere on the side of the road. My dad grew up with, you know, comics were the funny papers. Let's not get caught wearing, you know, the funny papers, comics in the funny papers, much less comic books. Those were really way out there. Now, I know... You know, you may have heard things like, you know, playing cards and I, you know, you, you can't play cards because if you play cards, you're going to gamble. And if you gamble, you're going to be at bad places. And so, you know, it was hard to play Old Maid and then, you know, Blitz and then other cards and Yahtzee and, you know, had dice. And so it's like, oh my, in fact, I, I, I've heard preachers preach against the color red. I, you know, you shouldn't wear red because of a red light district. You don't have a red light in front of your house. And you don't wear a red dress. And you don't wear a red Anyway, y'all didn't grow up like I did. I grew up whenever there was judgment going on all the time. Amen. Amen. I can remember when you were judged for wearing hose if you were a woman or not wearing hose. If you wore them, you were judged. If you didn't wear them and you were on the platform, well, that was bad. 
Oh my Lord, did you not wear hose on the platform? And then there were people that judged, well, if you had hose with a seam up the back, and oh my goodness. And open-toed shoes and you name it, you know, and then short, and I put a blank because whether it's short sleeves or short, short whatever, <laughs> hair, pants, <laughs> name it, you are in trouble. Of course, <laughs> the kind of music the kind of movies, the kind of, you know, things that you put in your body from tobacco to snuff. And we used to sing songs, you know. I don't dip, I don't chew. You shouldn't either. <laughs> I spit white. That meant I didn't have tobacco use. And we got excited about it, you know. about all the stuff we didn't do. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't, anyway. And, and it's kind of left this feeling of, you know, well, whatever. That's kind of a famous word. Well, whatever, just don't judge anybody, just whatever. The thing that I would say, and I, and I, and I say this humbly, and I know a lot of the stuff that we were taught may have been, you know, way out there and what we heard and I, I'm wearing cufflinks today. I remember sitting in a service and heard a preacher ripping on men wearing jewelry on their lapel. I mean, on their sleeve. Because I had cufflinks on. Facial hair. I, I, I can go through it all with you today. And these graduates need to know that, you know, we, anybody know what I'm talking about? If you have heard it all. But the one thing that I have to say is that we were being taught, maybe too rigidly, but that there should be a separation between what the world says, does, lives, acts, and what we as children of God should say, live, act, look, etc. Now, we are, are placing ourselves in a, a recognition that, a recognition rather that, that we have, you know, I, I, I can't judge the world and one of the reasons that I can't judge the world, and these folks have just come through a judgment. At some point, they were judged as deemed worthy to graduate. They had to have some evaluation, examination, whether it was just simply a, well, you attended. God bless you. We're kind of getting you out of here. I don't think that happened to Caleb. But at some point, somebody had to judge them. You understand what I'm saying? And so the point is that every generation and you four as your generation are going to have to confront 
the world thinking or ideology and you either help try to change it or you end up being changed by it because everything has rules, lines, limits, etc. Whether you're playing baseball, football, hockey, field soccer, whatever, whether you're driving on the freeway, whether you're driving downtown, everything has lines, boundaries, limits. Okay? And an officer can stop you and judge, I think you were going too fast. I think you were over the line. I think you're you didn't come to a complete stop. I had a policeman one time stop me and he said, I saw you stop at that stop sign, but it was a rolling stop. And I said, but I stopped. Yes, but you didn't stop very long. Okay, well, what is an official stop? I knew I wasn't going to get very far with him when I was down that line. He said, well, if you've had any other violations in the last year, I'm writing you a ticket. Thankfully, I hadn't, so I didn't get a ticket. But I was like, I stopped, I looked, I rolled through. Sorry. But he made a judgment call. And so the point is that here we are living in a world and I know we might say only God can judge, but in reality, when you look on down, not we read the first five verses of Matthew 7. When you go to the sixth verse of Matthew 7, it starts like this. It says, give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Now, how do you know if somebody's a dog or not? And don't cast your pearls before swine. How do you know if somebody's a pig or not? You got to make a judgment call. He goes on down in the 15th verse and he says, beware of false prophets. How do you know if somebody's a false prophet? You got to make a judgment call. Same chapter, 21st verse. He says, not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will come to me in that day saying, Lord, Lord, we have prophesied in thy name. We have cast out devils in thy name. And he done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers, you that do the work of iniquity. Paul even said, do you not know the saints shall judge the earth? The world, if the world be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge in the smallest matters? Because what he was talking about in Corinthians was they were taking everybody to court over little things, you know. And, and there, he was saying, you're able to judge the world. Can't you help work this out? You're going to judge angels. You're going to judge things according to life and the, all of this. And so when you, when you make the statement about, well, we cannot judge because we don't want to be judgmental, 
It's that balancing act between what I would call Phariseeism, or that is I'm holier than everybody else, and look at me how awesome I am, versus sort of mindless gullibility. Well, everybody is, just loves me, and everybody is wonderful, and everybody has my best interest in heart. Let me tell you, they don't. Listen to me, graduates. That world out there is a mean, bad place. You've been living at home with mom, with family, with whatever, and now you're taking a giant step into mean, spirited, mental, torment, anguish spirits. And you're going to have to judge between do they have my best interest at heart? Do they really love me? Are they really concerned about my welfare? Are they really for me? Because sin always distorts perception. Jesus himself said in Matthew the sixth chapter, the light of the body is the eye. If your eye be single, what it meant was if you are focused on him, then the whole body is full of light. But if your eye be evil, in other words, you're looking at everything else, then the whole body is full of darkness. And there are voices out there that will tell you, you need to try this, you need to do this, you need to experiment with that, you need to have this, you need to go through this, you need to decide, you need, and some of it is just sent by the enemy to overwhelm us spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and to set us without an anchor. But I'm so glad the church has an anchor in Almighty God, we can judge according to what God says. And that becomes the key. Are you going to make judgments according to God? And, and I guess the first one being most probably important, that when, when he wrote on down in, in Matthew, the sixth chapter, he said, no man can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other, you will either hold the one or despise the other. You can't serve God and money. Amen. And yet everybody needs money. Huh? We took up offering today. We're, we're in a building program. Far as I know, there's no program out there that's going to pay for that. It's going to be us. So we need money, but you can't serve money. You serve God. And so how do you find, how do I serve God? Well, it becomes a part of your attitude. And I tell this to all of, all of you graduates, and that is that you are going to be faced with the opportunity to either approach life with humility or with an attitude of superiority. You don't need, you know, nobody needs to tell you anything. Nobody needs, I'm now 18, I've graduated, I'm on my own. No, I don't have to listen to anybody. You can have that. And I know all of you are here, so I, I don't think that you all have that spirit, but you can say, you know what, mom, dad, I'm an adult. I do my own thing. I don't want to be bothered. I, that attitude is going to 
put you on a path that will ultimately destroy you because everybody needs somebody to give them some insight as to what's going on. I know you finished high school, but all knowledge in the world doesn't reside in the four of you. There are books, there are people, there are things that were written that you will have to learn and make judgment calls on. So it's going to be whether you approach it with humility or superiority, whether you approach it with facts or presumptions. In other words, you know, well, I know why I know what the pastor will say, and I've had people say to me, I didn't want to ask you, Pastor, because I knew what you'd tell me to do. I don't want to ask my mom and dad because I know what they'll say. Well, hello. We're trying to help. Oh, but I want to make up my own mind. And, and you know, I've told people you can't judge motives. You can judge words and you can judge actions. I can't judge the heart. I I agree with that. I can't judge the heart. Biblical issues versus personal preferences. Temporal pleasure versus eternal consequences. Those are all ways that you look at how do I judge? How do I judge whether something is good for me? Is it something that's going to last temporarily or is it something that has eternal consequences? Is it something that the Bible repeatedly, expressly says is, is off limits? I don't don't need to go there or is it something that I just want to do personally yeah. Come on. you see when we are faced with these kinds of issues then it becomes now what how am I going to judge what am I going to do of course <clears throat> Paul wrote in Romans the second chapter therefore thou art inexcusable O man whosoever Thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For what judgment does the same thing? For we are sure the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them that do such things and doest the same? That thou shalt escape the judgment of God, or despisest thou the riches of his goodness? Forbearance, long-suffering, knowing that the goodness of God leads men to repentance. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasures up for thyself wrath against the day of wrath and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. What was he saying? You can judge your folks. You can judge the way they raised you. How many times they dropped you on your head? You can judge. You can judge everybody. You can judge school teachers. You can judge how horrible you had it. But let me just tell you, in your hardness, that same hardness God turns on you. And that's what you want to say, Lord, I want to approach my life with a humility of judgment. Make sure I know exactly 
what I'm, I'm saying and doing. Let, let me go on here because what, what are the things like God judges? Number one, it, it is uh, uh, what, what can we judge like God? Number one is doctrine. I hope that they, they have been around here enough, many of them in church services enough, that you understand the doctrine. It is the death, burial, and resurrection who Jesus is, that you know who Jesus is. If you don't, there's some things on that USB that will, you can go through Bible studies. You can read it in the Bible. You can look at things that were written. I, why? Because I want you to know who Jesus is. He is not just another prophet. He is not just another man that became God, that we made him a God. It is not that at all. He, Jesus, was God manifest in the flesh. He did not become God. He was God. That God became man reconciling the world to himself. I know that, you know, there are, there are schools of thought that want to tell you that the Lord wants you to be rich and that the Lord wants you to be totally healed and that everybody that gets sick is, has a lack of faith and everybody that doesn't have lots of money does not have enough faith. That's not what the Bible says. And you got to know what judgment the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say, you know, I don't care how, how awesome the church may look and they tell you you're a champion and you don't ever have to worry about anything. If you'll just send in $100, the Lord will send you $1,000. Ain't going to happen. That's not Bible. Should you pay your tithes? Yes. Should you give? Yes. But it ain't going to happen the other way. Amen. You understand? Second Timothy, he told him, he said, For the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust heap up to themselves teachers, having itching ears, turn away their ears from the truth, shall be turned to fables. And Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, Prove or test and prove all things. Abstain from the appearance of evil. He goes, Second Peter, uh, uh, he wrote that there are unlearned and unstable that rest as they do also the scriptures. What are you saying? A A Amplified calls it they twist and misconstrue. Just because somebody quotes part of a Bible doesn't mean they're teaching the full truth. And you've got to judge what is complete truth because you can take portions of scripture out of here and it'll say anything you want. In fact, do you know there are two places in the Bible where it says there is no God? Did you know that? Y'all are looking. I, I want you to recognize that the Bible actually says there is no God. Help me out here. Caleb, that second line. Is this on? Read it in, this is one of them. What does it say, the second line? There is no God. There is no God. Is that a capital T? Yeah. Is that a period? Yeah. One sentence, there is no God. What does it say before it though? Let me see. 
Right, right up, right up before there is. There is no God corrupt. No, no, before there is no God. Uh, the fool hath said in thy heart. Say that again, because they didn't hear it. The fool has said in their heart. What did he say? The fool. The fool. And what did he say? There is no God. Yeah. You can take it out of context. But if you read it, the sentence before, it said the fool said in his heart, no God. But people can twist anything. That's why I, I'm thankful for you that have had an opportunity to grow up. That's why we put all these Bible studies there. Why? Because at some point we want you to recognize that the Bible says from the beginning to the end, you can read what the Bible says, read it in context, read what it meant. Don't allow yourself to be fooled in this hour. Make a judgment call when somebody tries to twist the scripture and say, all right roads lead to heaven and all, all people that want to, that's not true. Jesus said I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the door and you need to be able to make a judgment on that. And yet we're living in a world that says don't judge. Don't judge me. I don't want you to judge me because I don't want to be judged. Anyway, what are you saying? And I know my time is up. Let, let me read it. One more verse here. There's several things that I could go through, but Galatians, second chapter says, but when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to blame. This is Paul writing about the apostle Peter, the apostle Peter that preached on the day of Pentecost. The guy that said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, death, burial, and resurrection. Paul said, he got it all wrong. You know what he was doing? He believed, he was the one that on Acts the 15th chapter said we shouldn't put a bunch of stuff on the Gentiles. The Gentiles don't have to become Jews. You know, they follow Christ, they get the Holy Ghost, we baptize them, they don't have to do all the Jewish laws. But when the Jewish believers came around, he wouldn't eat with the Gentiles. He got it wrong. It doesn't matter if you preached on the day of Pentecost. I, I'm here to tell you, we're not always 100% right. And Paul, but that's what the beauty of the body is for. Paul looked at Simon and said, I think you're off track there. And he called him out. <coughs> But you know what? Later Paul talked about how, what a pillar, what an amazing man Simon was. Yeah, there can be disagreements on, well, that's all out of bounds, this is out of bounds, and somebody else can disagree. But the idea is that we're doing our best to keep the unity of the faith. And as graduates that are hitting the world, let me here to tell you, we will do our best to try. And I, I know I, I was going to talk about how to determine a false prophet and how to, and a lot of other things, but I know my hours is up. 
But I, I want you to hear me say that you're gonna have to make some judgment calls and you need the input of the church and the body. You need the input of parents. These are people that have loved you, that have helped support you for 17, 18 years. You say, well, they weren't always there. They weren't always, but they have, they have you in heart, at their heart, mind, and their life. And I'm here to tell you, <coughs> the church is the same thing. We want you to succeed. We want you to do well. I don't know if you've ever heard me say it, but I've said it many times. I wish everyone in this church was a millionaire. Because you know why? They'd all go, we want you to be a millionaire, Pastor. We, we don't want you to do poorly. We, we want you to be successful. We want you to do well. But we know the dangers of getting off track mentally, emotionally, spiritually in a world that tries to basically open the door. And what the world is doing is just try it. Just try it. This is why these, these young people have had to deal with questions that I never had to deal with. Am I male, female, something somewhere else? 83 choices. I didn't have to deal with that. They're dealing with a powerful device, more powerful than the devices that took men to the moon. Can at the flick of a finger bring them down a path I talk about that in my slides. I'll talk about it tonight. Down a path of inappropriate things to view. They're fixing to hit a world where let's party. Let's try it. Let's go for it. You guys don't realize it, but some of that stuff, one time, and you're hooked for life once I've had to deal with adults who would tell me pastor I was working a late shift I got tired somebody said here take this it'll wake you up and I haven't been able to stop it now 15 years later destroyed my home destroyed my life destroyed my family what are you saying they made a bad judgment call they looked at, this will help me tonight. What are the eternal consequences? I may be bound by this under the power of it from here forward. You listen to me, graduates. This church 
is committed to praying for you. In fact, we're going to stand right now. You're facing some hard decisions. Mom, Dad, in fact, why don't the four of you stand and just walk right down here and face me. The church is going to gather in behind you. I, I, I am this... I, I am very, I carry a burden for these graduates. They're in a world. Church, if you want to come, you feel comfortable, we're going to come and pray. They're in a world where there's danger, not just, oh, well, I messed up. I went five miles over the speed limit. Now I got it all back together. Honey, unfortunately, some of these dangers, the Bible says it's one and done. You read Proverbs, the 31st chapter, they go down, the man goes to the woman and it says, he knoweth not that it's for his life till the dart strikes him in the liver and kills him. He had no idea. But we're going to pray. How many will pray for all of these graduates right now? Let's just stretch your hands.